Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. And we have a guest with us this week. It's our buddy, Bill Haig. Hi, everybody. Hey. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Bill's coming to us from the uh, great state of uh, New Zealand, right? Right, Bill? That's where you're, you're stationed and locationed at? Yep. Clear around the world. We're, we're a worldwide branch here. You're right in between Dennis and I, actually, here in the great state of Indiana. Good, good middleman, right? Yep, uh, right. Right on the that. south side of Naptown, Indianapolis. What have you guys been up to this week? Anything good? You were up in Terre Haute this week, right? Doing some some work. Is that is that how you pronounce it with with emphasis on Terra? Like I I always call it Terre Haute. Is it Terre Haute? I don't know, Bill. How is it Terre Haute? Terre Haute. Yeah, Mike, you grew up there, didn't you? I thought you would know. I did, but I don't know. I, I guess I, it's one of those things you don't you don't hear that you have. As Ted said, oh, I'm the one with the accent, right? You know. Yeah, I didn't realize mm-hmm. there was emphasis put on it when he said it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we don't say Terre Haute. I feel like there's no, there's no the H isn't the okay. So so I'm so I'm saying it wrong, but I mean it's a weird name. So yeah, you know, people from outside of Indiana probably can't even pronounce it. So probably yeah, it's a, it means higher higher land because it's in the uh, the Wabash sure. Valley where the river comes up, and the French were like, yeah, this is a good spot to park a city. I mean, my town has a French name too, and there are no French. People. Oh, that's right, Lagrange, right? Lagrange, mm-hmm. Lagrange. Do you do you guys say that like that up there, Lagrange? No, no. I mean, Indiana has many. <laughs> Indiana has many places with French names, and they are all pronounced, uh, you know, with with English, not even English, but with American pronunciation. Notre Dame, Terre Haute, Monticello. We got Bill on because uh, since I've known you, uh, I think that we uh, have always been Aliens fans. And you are a long, longer than me time alien fans. That's our movie of the week. This we're watching this week and talking about. What's what's uh, what's your history with that? Did you watch it in the theater? Were you like a little kid? It's like it's a horror genre film. So it is not horror. It's sci-fi. I I that's some debatable talk there, but yeah, sure. Um, no. The first one was, horror. was pretty horror. Yeah. The first one was definitely horror. First horror slash suspense, I guess. Right. Sure. Um, going back and doing math, which is always hard for me, uh, I believe Aliens came out in 1986, so I've been roughly nine and a half years old, maybe ten, so I did not see it in a theater. Yeah. Um, I think the limitations run out now. I'm pretty sure I caught it on a bootleg tape my dad made off HBO. <laughs> the limitations nice, are out. My dad's not nice. going to get put in jail for, for showing me that was a kid. It's great. So, and then, you know, once I, I watched it the first time, I mean, it was I was hooked. And we'll just say that was fifth, sixth grade. I didn't even see Alien until probably ninth grade, give or take. Yeah. Um, I I watched this, I guess, in high school. I think that's about the age that I watched it. And I always thought of it as a horror thing. It was always told to me as like a scary terrifying show when 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 uh remember my uncle had rented it for mom and aunt karen they all watched it while the kids went in the, the bedroom and played um from who's your video uh, it was a VC, vhs rental and it was mm-hmm. like it's a terrifying scary movie like you, you can watch freddy nightmare on elm street you can watch jason and aliens and so that was my impression until i watched it in in, in high school or even maybe first couple years of college and I was like, I'm ready for a scary movie. And then you had watched it. I knew you, and you were like, oh, I loved it. I think you might have said that it was like a about the Marines. Um, 
And then it, like, oh, it's not really. I mean, it is. It is. It is scary. It's got some scary things to it. It's it's no more horror than like Independence Day is horror. Yeah, right. Like parts of it are scary, but just like in a suspenseful way. There's no like none of those horror movie tropes. Yeah, because I, I believe other than pretty much the first chestburster, they really don't show any scary moments happening on screen. I think that was a uh, James Cameron thing. He said the suspense of what's happening off screen is always more yeah. terrifying because mm-hmm. then your mind leads you to believe what could be going on. We see the Marines right. getting taken away like, off screen. You hear them screaming and whatnot. Yeah, it's like the whole uh, the whole sequence in the third act with the, I don't know if it's third act actually, but the whole sequence in the second half of the movie where they set up those turrets. Mm-hmm. Right, it's all just sound effects and the actors reacting to stuff on a screen. Like you don't see any of it. Correct. Yeah, um, and that yeah that that you don't see the aliens, so you're you're more scared of you know what's what's happening. I mean, heck, even for the I mean, we'll get into the details when we actually start talking more about the movie itself. But um, like the turrets, you never see the aliens coming in, right? And, and most of the right. even the first big huge action sequence when the aliens are assaulting the marines it's through like shaky cam and uh over the comms and stuff like that you don't really know what's happening with the aliens at all yep you just hear the sounds of war so okay so this is this is i I also agree this is a a sci-fi a sci-fi movie is what i i see this and well i guess we'll start dennis you have seen this only what once before a long time ago right i saw this once as an adult um i would have been like 26 ish somewhere thereabouts um, and I watched it in a group of people who had probably seen it before. Um, and I couldn't remember any of the details, but of course, uh, you know, this movie is so beloved by a lot of other, um, I don't say content creators. It sounds like I'm talking about YouTube people, but <laughs> you know, like the, some of the original, like guys at Blizzard, obviously they put a ton of, uh, aliens inspired things, even, you know, half of the quotes from the dropship pilot are lines that the actual dropship pilot in uh, the unit in Starcraft Mm -hmm. video game plays. And the, and the Marines, the Terran Marines in Starcraft are very clearly aliens uh, inspired space Marines. Um, And so I knew, you know, a lot of the kind of tropes I know about the, um, the power loader and all that, just because it shows up everywhere, right? Like the, TV shows and movies and and other things that people quote lines and then I'll hear the line and I'm like, oh, this is what that line is from. Um, it's like you know watching Pulp Fiction for the first time, yeah. you know, yeah. this year. Or I didn't watch Pulp Fiction for the first time this year. I'm just saying, if somebody did, uh, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, I I would agree. I think uh, at least the first half is entirely quotable it's almost it almost felt watching this for me watching it this through this time like every line was quotable like the, the next thing they said okay this guy says this thing and then this guy says this thing and then it goes scroll and then ripley says this and it goes mm. like every line was something that maybe that's just because i've seen it so many times um probably you know uh, a combination of both because there's definitely uh you know the guy talking about the core and all the little you know, s- verbal snipes and jabs back and forth mm-hmm. are are fairly quotable, right? Um, so 
why do you think why do you think it is that that this show what is it about this show that's been like so into the pop culture Dennis like what is it that's made it I don't know long lasting I guess or that everybody has it and everybody knows it what's it about different about this one than any other aliens movie or even the first alien that isn't like I can't tell you words from the first alien movie any quotes I liked it but yeah, I mean, the two movies are very different. Um, I think I think this one has a little bit of, um, like, the time that it came out. Like, you know, I don't think in another couple generations it'll be as ubiquitous. Because, like, it wasn't for me. I didn't see it till I was, you know, well into into being an adult. I was like five or six when it came out. So I obviously didn't see it mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Like I know that our buddy Aaron watched both movies a year or so ago for the first time and preferred the first one a lot. And I, I know, you know, there are people of that opinion. If yeah. you're, um, you know, if you like the horror genre, obviously you're going to look at a movie like this and go, this is, it's completely different. It's not completely different, but it's it's just tonally and and uh, you know from a genre standpoint, so different from the first one. Well, you got um, you got to say that this has a lot to do with the military too. Like if you're not a military person, this is that's not- true. I didn't I didn't I didn't think about that. But if you are, you know, if you appreciate the kind of tension mystery, you know. Ridley Scottness of the first one, mm-hmm. like this movie has so little of that. It's much more just a, you know, a fun, funny, uh, action movie. Well, I think um, maybe too, if you look at people of uh, our age, or at least our kind of generation, if you go back and look at it, and maybe if you look at sci-fi movies around the time this came out, I mean, the production value of this is like far and above what was out there. And sure, I think, sure. And yeah. I can't remember. I think uh, Terminator came out before Aliens. You did it. But I mean, this was definitely James Cameron kind of you know flexing this muscle of like, look what I can do. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, if you yeah, look yeah. at some some other sci-fi movie of that time, you know, like they're not really using practical effects really well. They're using you know a lot of stop motion stuff that looks really kind of cheesy. Doesn't really hold mm-hmm. up nowadays. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if, if uh, you even look at the original Terminator, you're like, just walk faster. You know, he's not running yeah. after you. He barely. Yeah, there's a lot along. of stop motion and stuff. Um, Terminator is eighty four. Okay. Oh yeah, yep. and that's 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 also James Cameron. Yep. So, yeah, and he has, you know, I I don't I'm not familiar with his whole catalog, but he he knows or has figured out how to make movies with a broad appeal right like a wide for for a wide audience right well he owns he's the director of the most profitable movie of all time so yeah exactly exactly you've got you know terminator aliens titanic and avatar Avatar. just just off the top of my head yeah right just those are enough right you know ridley scott has much more niche um kind of appeal and he you know obviously has has his fan base i'm sure there are people for whom legend 
is their favorite movie. They just really love glitter. Don't, don't and... knock Legend Man. Don't do that right here in front of me. <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm on the line here. Okay. I, I, uh, I, I want to go back to the military kind of part of it. Uh, mm. So, uh, Bill, when this obviously this has a big you know military presence, right? The whole thing is, is tough guys who are, to, to quote, you know, ultimate badasses, right? Sure. They, they're through the 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 sound. Um, they're doing drums like the military, you know, drum rolls the whole time when they're going. When the um, the the armored personnel carrier goes through, they're doing the drums again, like the the militaries are marching in. Uh, and is that is that all the way through? Like you still have the pulse rifles, and then the show takes a tonal kind of shift when all of the marines are basically wiped out. And it's just up to Ripley. Then you've got a whole mm. different kind of movie after sure. that. Um, it's true. Do, yeah. do you? And I, th- I would argue that um, that second half or that second, I say the the third fa- act is much more like the first one. Much more like the first movie, where she's surviving. She's just trying to get through. She's just trying to get Newt and then get out. Well, um, I wouldn't say she's more mm. surviving. I'd actually go on an Alien. She's definitely trying to survive. This one, you could almost, and I've heard it before, and I haven't really thought about it too much. They say almost the second half of the movie is more um, talks about the strength of motherhood. Oh, okay. Because I've Ripley is Ripley is bound and determined to rescue Newt, no matter what. And then yeah. even when they go into the egg chamber, you know, there's the part where Ripley threatens the eggs, and the queen has her workers back right. off because she's like, "Well, these are my kids. Leave them yeah, alone." Yeah, yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. So that's kind of like mother on mother. You know, I, I never really thought about that. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to finish up this military thought here. Do you, do you, I know that's a big thing for you. The, like every time we play uh, aliens games or video games or board games or whatever, it's not about Ripley and, and Newt and the queen. It's about, the, the alien, I mean, the military, the Marines, right? Sure. I mean, and, is, is I mean, that I would, what makes this, is that what makes this movie better than the rest of them? I'm going to say better. Oh man. I mean, that's a, to, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those, it's hard to explain because everybody is always hyped for the next alien movie or the next movie set in the alien universe. And it always just seems to disappoint on some kind of level. That, that's that's kind of where I was going with this is that mm. that there has they have never done another aliens movie or aliened with the, the xenomorph movie with Marines and none of yep. them has lived up to I'll say that right there on the air right in public none of them have lived up to the hype or the anything that aliens has because of oh, yeah. since that um, and but yet every successful thing video game board game whatever centers around the military again. Yep. Shouldn't they just do Space Marines? You know, I mean, StarCraft is even super popular based on the military part of it. I mean, there's a new uh, Aliens game out for the new systems. I bought it purely just because it's you're literally just the Space Marines shooting aliens. Right. <laughs> and to be honest, yeah. the, the game is not that good, but I still not that good. It. I was going to say, I was going to ask you how, how that was. Um, Yeah, okay. So, I, I think so. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the of the Marines, but I also like, you know, how it transitions into, into the, the second half of, of the, the movie and, 
makes you know Sigourney Weaver be the the action hero type person. She was this was big big action hero. This was yeah. before Ghostbusters, I think. Right? I think so. I think eighty five was Ghostbusters, where she was not really an action hero person. She was the leading lady, I guess, is what they'd say. I can't remember. Ghostbusters eighty six, same 86. year. Yeah. So she was. I think she wanted said she wanted to do it like a more uh, softer role, like the you know. So she was more. Uh, I guess she was a leading character in the end of it. In the very beginning, though, she's a mere love interest of Peter Beckman. Yeah, that, that's what she wanted <laughs> right. to be. Like she wanted, she yeah. wanted to be. be uh, I've I've read where she wanted to be that instead of being known as the uh, you know a very jockish action. The heroine. She, oh, yeah. no, the, I I I misspoke. Uh, eighty six was the Ghostbusters TV show. Eighty four was the movie. Wow, eighty four was the movie. Yeah, we're gonna get email from our buddy Fox if I get that wrong. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, he loves Ghostbusters, right? So yeah, uh, what what is, what else is it about about the, the the alien itself? Right, I guess the xenomorph itself is is a very unique individual design. I guess that gets a lot of play too, right? For for what makes aliens popular. And from I read, I was reading something the other day. Um, I forget where all the money was allocated to. But uh, Cameron went back to the studio for more money for the alien costumes, and they basically said, here's your budget. So all the aliens you see in that movie, they're all used, uh, they're being used by uh, four costumes. So there's four guys running around aliens' costumes. They only had four costumes for that movie, alien costumes, oh. which yeah, I thought was the, pretty interesting. And, of course, the queen. And the queen, I'd say, and the queen's her own thing. Yeah, and the queen, I believe, had two, three might be pushing it, but the queen had two puppeteers inside operating it. Mm. Hmm. Uh, so Dennis, so Dennis, you and I watched this together. And this is also going back to, to Bill's thing about the look and practical effects. I think we both commented on that when we were watching that at how, like the aesthetic of it. I, I liked your, what did you say about like the, the mix of the eighties with the future type stuff? Um, oh, that was very early in the movie when she's, um, she's in this sort of apartment, or I guess you should say quarters, because she's on a on a ship, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like it doesn't look like anything else that I've seen. Like most recent sci fi thing I've seen is probably um, Altered Carbon or uh, uh, the Mars one. What's that called? What you the were, Expanse. You did see you, you um, see Raised by Wolves. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I mean, space spaceship raised by wolves is mostly on that planet. Yeah. Um, but I'm just thinking of like things I've seen where there are space stations or ships with quarters, right? Oh, yeah, because sure. we've seen, you know, I've seen the Star Trek things, right? You got sliding pocket doors. Uh, you know, in the '60s they're very '60s. In the in the '80s '90s they're very '90s, like metallic looking sheets and and beige tones and all of that um and that's like very future uh aesthetic and then there are other sci-fi things from the 80s like 80s and 90s like uh, fifth element and uh, blade runner and some of those where you see these kind of pods that people live in that these little apartments with a bunch of compartments in the wall that stuff just pops out of and this is like somewhere in between there like it looks like it should be one of those futuristic pods but like the kitchen has normal looking cabinets like from the 
from the 80s, like painted cabinets with normal looking handles. The door and the hallway looks like a spaceship hallway, except the door is on hinges. Mm -hmm. It just opens like a normal door. I'm like, this is strange. Like, I can't, I could tell if it was an intentional aesthetic choice or some kind of budget thing which the reality is probably it's a combination of of the two but um yeah i i thought i thought that that look was um whether it was intentional or not like helped make it look real is the word word i'm going to use like it sure they maybe they didn't use the star trek pocket door type thing where it opens up and closed they did later on by the way do and when they go to lv426 but um it, it it kind of feels like a way to make things real world, but still futuristic. Um, kind of grounded and, and in was, reality. Yeah, right. You know that it's that's it, you still live in that kind of. They still had a coffee pot that was kind of like a coffee pot, although they use Keurigs now. But um, you know, they they had a television screen for a phone. You know, for that kind, of, which is mm-hmm. is funny. Yeah, video uh, video phone. Video phones. They FaceTimed each other, and uh, so it means. Uh, she must have a Facebook account, probably somewhere. <laughs> uh, and uh, but but I, I that and the, just the set designs of when they're on the colony ships, uh, colony planet stuff. All of it is just I just kept looking at it, and we were watching it in the HD version. So I was like, man, the, the people who make these sets, it just looks like an industrial factory all the way through. Uh, it's a lot of work to make a future world, right? It's just. It was, mm. and it's not CGI. Now they would, you know, they would walk along a half-built set, and then everything else would be filled in with CGI. Sure, sure, sure. But but all of it then was very much made, and I really enjoyed that. I, I thought that makes the whole movie that much cooler. Oh, especially yeah. with the practical effect, because I mean, the hundreds over hundreds over hundreds of times I've watched this movie, somebody pointed out the other day online that I've never seen. In the beginning, when the Marines have first landed and they're riding along in the APC, and the APC is pulling into Hadley's Hope, if you look off to the top left-hand side of your screen, above one of the buildings, you will see the guy driving the remote control APC. You'll see the top of his head looking onto the, the set design. That's funny. Because he's like steering the little remote control car and make sure he doesn't hit anything. But like, you're never, ever focused on that. That's funny, right? You know, it just—it's kind of blurry because it's raining and all that stuff. It's just you just see his head peeking over the top, looking to see where he's driving. And that's funny. Yeah, they had—they had to make these, all these little kind of type stuff. I mean, I always—I'm always such appreciative of Hollywood people that are behind the scenes. You get—you get awards for directors and you get awards for music or whatever. But and like individual people get rewards. But some of these people like to that do these sets and, and the sound or stuff that takes a whole team of people to make the death star, you know, trench. It's like, Oh my God, the, the hours that goes into super gluing pieces together to make in the, you know, Sulaco or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like that, that is so impressive. And, and and a guy spends an entire weekend in his garage trying to put this model together for something and to make it look real. Like that's, that's art artwork right there is what that is. Mm. Anyway, I, 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 so watching it again, I really liked it. I'm always have liked it. I, I hadn't seen this in several months, maybe even a year. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, 
especially in its entirety. I, I will say that occasionally I'll see bits and pieces of it. Like I want to oh, go yeah, back and sure. watch the... sit down and watch in its entirety being, you know, adults. It's really hard to commit to a movie you've seen a hundred times over. Like let me sit down for two and a half sure. hours. Yeah. There, there are a lot of times when yeah. I'll, I'll throw movies on and, and I'll catch 10 minutes of it before I fall asleep or it's on it in the background in the living room while I'm in doing work in the office. Right. Sure. So I'll, I'll run it in, in the kitchen and, get a glass of water and then there's oh there's the apc coming down through to save the the marines with ripley you know broke the transaxle yep and uh so i i i've seen it but not watched it like when dennis and i sat down and watched it and um that was that i'm i liked that i did that it it felt pacing was right on everything even with the the added scenes which i think do slow down the movie um but pacing's good story's good acting's fantastic mix of uh improv and and actual stuff yep um, uh for the added scenes the only thing i would maybe argue need to stay in there would be uh the scene with ripley's daughter do you really do we really need that though well that would explain like, why this grown woman is so attached to a child she just found that's fair sure right and then the uh scene with the sentry units you, that's just because you like that one. No, that Maybe, explains why the aliens are crawling in the sub uh, ceiling. Maybe can, you can just be like they're super smart. Like this is what they do. Because or else, because the one barrack, the, so they weld the first door shut, the pressure door, which in theory I don't know anything about pressure doors. I assume that's a made-up term for the movie. The aliens are not getting through that. But the other section they welded was the barricade that they first came through the first time. Yeah. And they even they even hit it one time, and I believe it takes is like it's what it's worth, you know. Like so, guarantee that would not stop the aliens, because even come in one other time, like looks like the barricade didn't hold. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's I mean, like if, yeah. If so the first, were the first time the, the sentry gun, the first time the sentry gun stopped them, they're at the pressure door. That you know the aliens, you hear them beating, they're like they're wall to wall in there, you know, as yeah. Hudson says. The second time yeah. the sentry gun holds them off when it had. I believe five to 10 bullets left in it, you know, they would have came right over that barricade and then it'd have been a much shorter movie. Yeah. I'd, I'd be, uh, if I was a, a Dennis and I were, um, aliens, I'd, we came out to the pressure door. I'd just say, Hey Dennis, why don't you, uh, let's do a Rochambeau for, uh, cut our hands open, put acid on the, on the door, cut it right through. Right? I mean, I hate to bring it up. But I remember aliens Four, alien resurrection. They did that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when they're trapped in the little, the little ISO booth or whatever, and they the two aliens looked at the other one like, "How are we gonna get out of here?" And they ripped him apart and used his blood or his acid. Oh right, I remember that. Melted yeah. the floor. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Winona Ryder one. Yeah. And Ron Perlman, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, Ron Perlman's probably the only good part of that whole movie. So. Pretty, pretty. Good. Sure, sure. Do you, do you do you guys think they'll make another Aliens? And I would assume this time without uh. Um, Ripley, aren't they doing a a, a reboot? Like, I kind of I kind of think they should do. A reboot. No, I'm think I'm thinking of Terminator again. I don't know why. I mean, probably because they're both uh, uh, James Cameron. But when you were you were talking about how there's there are two movies in this franchise, and they're so different that they almost don't they almost don't count as as a series of two movies. They're like two different movies. Yeah like I was saying earlier, and then everyone since then is bad, and Terminator is kind of the same way, and I don't know if, I mean, part of it is 
the people making the movies don't understand what people liked about the originals. Yeah. And we see that all the time. Uh, you know, in mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah, uh, for yeah and that's the thing. Um, if, they, if they would reboot Aliens, I mean, because, again, all the other Aliens movies and Prometheus and Covenant have been different. In my they opinion, tried to reboot with those, I think. I think. But if, if, if they tried to go back to the well and do Space Marines again, I think people might shy away from that for the director because then you're going to get the whole The Force Awakens. Like, you just remade Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, well, you do, you you're doing the wanted. same thing again. And I think, you know, and that's I think there are wanted. some... Like, we, we want to see Star Wars remade, and then they remade Star Wars, and everybody yeah. yelled, all you did was remake Star Wars. I would like to mention that Episode 7 set world records for attendance, so not everybody thought that was a bad idea. Well, I mean, I mean people like said that, but they, right, that's, they that's still went and saw it. Mean. Yeah, exactly. Sure. They, they went and saw it multiple times, right? Yeah. So, well, I mean, it, you say this. You can say the same thing for Phantom Menace. I went and saw it, and I thought it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> sure, sure, right. But Phantom Menace didn't didn't make you know episode seven money. Um, yeah, it, it made a lot of money, but it didn't make my, my, my and sort of you know staying power of eight. Like eight made a ton of money too, even though it was a terrible movie because seven people liked seven so much. My my, my point where there is that a lot of times you know you can go to the Rotten Tomatoes thing and see that critics will be louder voice a lot of times than act, you know, they'll, they'll try to nitpick a movie and say, Oh, they just did this or that. And so if they remake aliens and they actually give you the audience, what they want, you know, I'm, I guarantee you critics will come out and say, they just remade episode, whatever, or, or haters, I guess you would say, Oh, they just remade, um, you know, the space Marines thing with everything. Sure. Else. Oh, they're, they're not coming. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what we want is the big thing after when when you're going through the Phantom Menace years of Star Wars afterwards and you're like, man, they just don't get what we want. And when finally someone gives us what we want with like aliens and they come out and they give us a Space Marines thing, people are going to go. They're going to make money. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Gonna... I, I saw I saw The Force Awakens three times in the theaters. I was one of those people that they gave me what I wanted. But to yeah. me, it, it yeah. wasn't the critics saying they just remade Star Wars. It was all the the fanboy hate because like they say nobody hates star wars like star wars fans yeah yeah i mean there's <laughs> you know? i just said there, there is that that vocal minority is what was what i like sure. to say is it's always that that small vocal minority um but well all but, i was gonna say is i don't know if and and i use the example of of james bond a lot because that's a weird sort of unicorn franchise and, and i'm sure there are other examples but of a franchise where they made they just made the same movie over and over, like yeah. 30 times. And yeah, right, yeah. I mean, th- they had to have breaks in between. Like, they couldn't put out a Bond movie every year. It, would, it wouldn't it sure. would work. Um, but I, I think there are some... Um, there maybe are some movies or stories that are... Um, you know, that, that either hold up for a long time or long enough time that you just do it again, like, uh, you know, King Kong or whatever, where if you try to make it a franchise, like, yeah, maybe they'll sell, but people all the time will just be going, well, you know, the first one was still better than, than any of this. And, you know, it sometimes can make money for the, for the filmmaking machine, but, um, you know, it was like Terminator is the other example that's why i was comparing the two it's like there are two movies and then everything after that 
is universally acknowledged as not good. Yeah. And maybe it's just that the whole story was told in the original movie and you can't recapture that magic with a di slightly different story. Right. Some, some movies are only should only have been one movie. Right. That thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, note that they, they, they did, as, as you said, Bill, they, they did try to relaunch or re, I don't know if it's called a reboot, but more like a relaunch the Aliens franchise with Prometheus and and whatever the other one was called. Covenant. Um, but when they where they went back to that one, they went back to Ridley Scott, mm -hmm. and instead instead of going to James Cameron, and mm -hmm. and so what we got was we got raised by wolves, right? We got um, yeah more questions with no answers. Yep. He 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 leaned heavily into the horror part of it um, by making that with all sorts of you know, mystery and questions. And we don't, we don't know like an alien, what, what the alien is, where it came from. We don't know anything about it. And some could argue that's what makes it like the rest of them all so interesting is because all the mystery, mm. but Ridley Scott goes on. And as he always does with all of his stuff is he's a lot of questions and no answers. And he made Prometheus and did just the exact same thing. It, <laughs> he gave, he gave more... you the movie to answer where the aliens came from and left you with more questions. <laughs> <laughs> right, left you with more questions that mm. not really answering it, and then, but we didn't get it again because we didn't get aliens. Right, we did not get the James Cameron version. We just got more of this Alien, the first one. And I, I guarantee mm. you, people who liked Alien the best like you know uh, Prometheus. Oh sure, you know, just as much. So I, I, I guarantee you that's uh, the same kind of situation. Um, anyway, so that, that's I, I, you know, I obviously give the aliens a thumbs up. I, I, I don't like it a whole lot, and um, I'm sad to hear that the new game bill isn't isn't as uh, as good. Is it just like a basic shooter type type thing? And... It's a it's a very basic shooter. Um, I mean, other than the graphics, it would have been awesome on the PS2, probably PS3. Oh jeez. Okay. Mm. I mean, now granted, I've I've only played the first two levels, but there's not much past it. I've only played single player. I haven't played with any friends, so you know, I'm sure it's and it's fun. You know, running around with a guy and listening the pulse rifle, you know, or the smart gun just open up and the aliens squealing and acid going everywhere and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Oh man, that, that that's going to be one of those ones that I hope comes in in November for Black Friday, and I can. Oh yeah, that's what I would totally buy it for a Black Friday and. You know, I just picked it up because again, it's aliens, and I had Amazon credit. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, what 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 are we watching next, Dennis? What's what's our next thing? I think you're up this this week. All right, um, I've got another one of these on my list. That's kind of um, I sometimes call these formative, though this is probably not the not the best word. Like aliens is one of these. Um, what else? Uh, uh, swingers is one of those like a lot of people watched them right in a certain at a certain age and they're mm -hmm. kind of embedded in their in their psyche. this one might not be quite that strong but it's a it's a classic alec baldwin movie i think i've heard it mentioned a couple times on movie podcasts and it's uh called glenn gary glenn ross Oh, I've never heard of that one. Have you heard of that one, Bill? Have you, have you watched um, that one? I have not seen it, but I can tell you that's one of Kevin Smith's favorite movies. Huh? Because okay. he's always talking about it and referencing it. Glenn, I, Gary, Glenn, Ross. That's four words. Glenn, Gary. I think Glenn, Gary might be one word. Oh, Glenn, Gary is one word. Okay. And do, do we know what it's, do you know what it's about? Have you seen this, you said, or did you not see this? I movie? think 
it's it's about salesmen, I believe. Oh, that's exciting. I happened to uh with a couple of my siblings watch the Comedy Central roast of Alec Baldwin a couple yeah. of days ago. <laughs> and and a lot of people riffed off of uh this movie. So Well, well I, th- I this is my up favorite a little more of its this is my favorite kind of movie for for our show is that it sounds like something I would never want to watch by by right. the by by the the description or the the text of it but then it always ends up being like oh, how did I miss that type thing you know or <laughs> now, or, or like you said now I get the now I get the references the references yeah oh my goodness there's a lot of when, stars in that there's a lot of stars in that movie yeah yeah, yeah. hey speaking of stars you you watch that uh we talked about this a little bit off, off the air. You watched that uh, Val Kilmer show, or you? Uh, I don't think Dennis and I have watched that one on Amazon. There's a Val, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, it's uh, called documentary bio, bio Val. or something like just, that. Just Val, just Val is what's called Val. Yep. Val, uh, yep. it's a, he, a a biography or yeah. autobiography. Autobiography. What 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 is it like, Bill? You saw? It. Is it shot? Is it like his home movies, or is it like somebody? you know, being a documentarian on him. Um, it's a little bit of both, actually. It's a lot of his old film footage, um, talking about his upbringing when he was a child, he had a VHS tape or maybe a, a beta, you know, uh, camcorder back in the day. And, uh, he's kind of reporting back on his early childhood all the way up through, I did this and they're showing behind the scenes of top gun, him and Tom Cruise messing around, joking around, you know, and, um, Mm-hmm. tombstone you know and it shows him going to a tombstone festival movie festival in tombstone arizona so it's what, really interesting what i want to know is is there behind the scenes footage of him and as mad martigan that's that's what i want to know um <laughs> not not from when he was batman not from when he's batman i'm i liked him better in willow you know they he, he they, was, do, yeah, they he, do touch on that. They do touch on him meeting his he's, wife. He's doing more in acting Willow. In, in Willow, but yeah. Batman is the first thing I ever saw. Him. They do they do talk about Batman as well. You know he he doesn't, and, and it's maybe because you know unlike Schwarzenegger and um, uh, Stallone, who who are like eight hundred years old but still like super in shape and similar, like they kind of look still like they like they did back then. He has gone through some pretty difficult medical conditions, so you know he hasn't had a later career. But let me tell you, Val Kilmer was in so many cool things back in the day. Like all the time, he was in a lot of cool stuff. It's Uh, I I will stand on. I will say I will uh, maybe not riveting, but if you put it on, it will get your attention, and you will watch it. I mean, it's it's highly recommended. And like, so I'm not a Val Kilmer fan as in like, oh, I got to see this because again, he hasn't done much lately, you know, maybe yeah. Tombstone, but he was in an ensemble cast. So it's not like, oh, I love Tombstone because of Val Kilmer, you know, right, he right. definitely helped, you know, so I'm not like the ultimate Val Kilmer fan at all, but you know, yeah. it's, it held my interest. Matter of fact, I, the movies that he was of the lead in, I didn't really care too much when I think about like the saint or um, I totally forgot about the same. Wasn't he one like some fusion movie or no? Was that the same? Yeah. I don't know. When he like stole the secret formula for fusion or something like that. Oh no, that you're thinking of. Um, uh, who is Johnny Mnemonic in the Matrix guy? Also, you're thinking of uh, John Wick. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Yeah. My fault. Yeah. 
but I know what you're talking about. Like hydrogen fusion. That that's a good movie, man. I should put that on the list. That's, I don't know what it's called even, but I know you're, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what's, what's the opposite of that. It won't catch you, but sounds like it would be is there's a, there's a Netflix documentary called Bob Ross, happy accidents, betrayal and greed. And I thought like, Oh, that'd be a cool biopic of a guy. It's so boring. <laughs> I, mean, I, I like, I like Bob Ross, but it's evidently, you know, like his son has some grudges with some people in his past and, um, he wants to get the dirty laundry out in the air, tell people, oh, okay. but it's not, it's not really like interesting, <laughs> right? It's, it's really not interesting. It's like, man, my dad's, my dad's like business partners were the worst to him and treated him terribly. And I want to tell everybody about it. But let's why let's make an hour and a half long documentary about it, and we really only have ten minutes worth of material. Oh wow! Mm. So so unlike your example of Val, this one, oh my god, I watched like forty five minutes of it, I'm like I'm done, and that forty five minutes was basically just like loving on Bob Ross, which okay. is great. I love Bob Ross. Yeah, it it hit kind of like the interwebs for a minute. And I was like, what's this about? And then it kind of went off my radar pretty fast. I was like, he's just the happy tree guy. I'm like what's going on? He's like the happy tree guy. I don't want to watch a depressing movie about the happy tree guy. So I just kind of, no, no. Yeah. It, it, it that, that's my report for it, fellas is it is not as catch riveting as Val is. Let's put that way. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Nice. I recommend Val. It's a watch. Skip, skip that one. Um, I don't think we're, we're going to talk about too much here, but I do want to ask while we're talking about some Netflix things that kind of started watching. Did you watch uh, the the Witcher anime, um, Dennis? Did you watch? Have you watched that yet? The new. I heard about that, but no, I haven't seen it. Okay, yet. I I've, I watched like the first ten minutes. I was tired and I didn't get to watch the rest of it. I actually stopped it and I was like, you know what? I probably need to actually watch this thing. Sit down. So I didn't know if you would see it. So we're gonna have to watch that one one day soon. Speaking of anime, have you guys seen the trailer for that Star Wars thing? Uh what is it called? The Bad Batch Visions. No, I think it's 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 Star Wars anime, but actual like they have actual anime creators making. I think it's called Star Wars Visions. Uh, I heard about it. I have not seen that. Okay. They have a trailer out for it, do they? Yeah. Yeah. The guys in our in our discord were talking about it and it just, you know, went right past me. I'm like, it's like Bad Batch. It's another new Star Wars thing. And I didn't watch any of the cartoons. And so I'm like, I'm not really interested in that. And then um my sister told me about it and showed us the trailer. And I was like, oh, this is actual. It's anime creators who love Star Wars are making like an anthology of Star Wars episodes <clears throat> in their anime style. Yeah, I heard I heard about it. I haven't seen it. it that actually, when I heard about it, my here, here was my thought was, um, what do they say? Oh, what a wonderful time we live in type thing. It's that. Um, sure. It, it's, you know, back when in the late eighties and nineties, early nineties, we, we didn't have anything but the original four movies to watch. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it, we just watched them ad nauseum over and over again. And fuck fricking Lucas. We just released every edition more and more and more again of the same garbage again and again. Right. Um, right. So we didn't have anything. And then, you know, obviously we're rabid fans and they come out with a Christmas special or something. And we, we mull over that forever or a book, right. We can finally get a book that's mm-hmm. official. Um, but it was all very like nothing matters, but these, these three movies, um, now, you know, we, we were given the prequels and then it's kind of hush hushed after that. And now that Disney's got it, they, they've opened up the universe and 
there's all sorts of things to watch now. Like it's not just watching one storyline of the Skywalker story. You get, you know, Rise of the Resist or not Rise. It's just called Resistance, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the the Clone Wars. There's the um, it's the one with Ezra that, I, that I'm forgetting. Rebels, rebels, mm-hmm. you know, and and now you get this anime thing. You get Mandalorian. They're gonna get Book of uh, Boba Fett, and uh, and I think I remember seeing Filoni when they were he was on that Star Wars behind the thing for Mandalorian, uh, saying that you know there's just everybody can come out now and do Star Wars stories, right? You can. Mm-hmm. That's what the he said. He said Dave Filoni uh, had said the 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 best thing about Star Wars is the universe that it's a great world that's built and everybody wants to write stories in it and now we Disney because obviously money will let you do that whereas you know George was always like no no it's it's my thing mm-hmm. and that's all the, mm-hmm. uh, all it is so yeah no I I haven't seen the anime thing but I, I like it it's like it's a, it's a great world we live in here that people can tell their stories in a world that they like and. I know some people will say, "Oh, go on to a different thing. Why just make original ideas?" But I, you know, I'm a big fan of Star Trek too. I like I like the worlds and tell different stories in it, and it's okay. That's kind of a cool yeah. Thing. And and I like the idea of you know there are there are uh, you know Asian and Japanese influences in Star Wars. Yeah, you know Vader has a kind of samurai look to him in sure. his armor. Um. You know, they they fight with two-handed swords that are, you know, not quite katanas, but, you know, th- there are some of those influences there. And so it's a little bit of a, like, a circle, you know, comes back, comes back to the other. And then instead of, you know, just the same, well, and not the same people, right? Because we had Abrams, J.J. Abrams, who was a, who was a Star Wars kid making two of the, two of the new movies, but, um, you know, these, these, uh, Japanese anime creators who, you know, also grew up as Star Wars fans and have been doing their own thing now get an opportunity to make a real, you know, short Star Wars thing. And that seems cool to me. Yeah, no, I, I like it too. And I, and I like I said, I like that other people with different interests and I like, says, I like anime. You get a chance to mm-hmm. watch Star Wars anime. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. A different take on it. Yeah. The same could be said for the, the Marvel things too. Like there's not there's TV, there's movies, there's uh, cartoons, mm-hmm. there's so many different kinds of things that have come out now for all ages True. and size and, and shapes and fans. So, I mean, if anything, a big massive corporation does with their IPs, they some I don't know. Some people will say milk it for all it's worth, but I think giving multiple audiences multiple experiences through like an anime type thing. Just brings in more fans, actually. Sure. You know, if it wasn't your thing, maybe this is. So, um, I remember the, the Matrix kind of did it with the Animatrix, and I was like, "Oh, look, that's a uh, kind of the same example." Then that's all they really did. But yeah, that's the comparison a lot of people are drawing with this uh, Star Wars Visions things. They're like, "Oh, it's like the Animatrix." Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Disney stuff, real quick, I, we kind of talked about this. It's not really a political thing, but so. I, I did want to ask both of your opinions on this kind of a thing. So Scarlett Johansson is doing it, has been going through a legal battle with, uh, with Disney re- recently. And this, this kind of, mm-hmm. the question I'm bringing up here is the, uh, it's a very transitory type situation we're in now with um, movie theaters having to release things on streaming, whereas they were released on stuff on supposed to be on theaters. How do you guys feel about 
movies, you know, like, how do you feel about these actors and writers now that are getting involved in saying movies? I don't think that you should watch you know, I, the, the piece of art that I made is only made for a certain medium. Is that a, is that a valid thing, Bill, for to is, watch a movie? Is that why she was suing? She's suing because she's, for example, she was in her contract. She makes a certain amount of money on the profits. Sure. Right. But, but that, and that includes the releases from the, like she doesn't get money from Disney plus for every time it watches it, but she gets, she gets money from sales. Yeah. From ticket sales. sales. So it's like, that's not cool. You can't just release it day and date of it hurts my money. Sure. Well, then is that, I guess fair. Well, my take on that is her saying my movies needed to be shown in theaters. I mean, that's, that's basically just a different way of her saying, I want to be paid. Absolutely. Now, is there yeah, I don't think that? it's a no. I don't think it's a creative thing like um, you know, a director and I don't think a director has this kind of control, but you know, if oh, I I would imagine that if we had not been in the pandemic, right, which makes everything unique. Um if we had not been in the pandemic, I would bet that Zack Snyder would not have wanted his Justice League cut to be streamed. And possibly would have wanted it to only show in IMAX theaters. That's the yeah. story I've heard of why it's in four by three because of the and screen ratio. Whatever. With the Scarlett Johansson and, thing, I'm curious again, I mean, I, other than I did see that and I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, I would think that the, all to say the Disney legal team would have something up front, like, Hey, we're going to put this in the theaters and we're going to put this here. I mean, so it's not they, like they, she, they she do was, now, but they didn't then. Is that what she's claiming? Yeah. It, I mean, that's not really claiming. I, it's, I, assu- I assume it's a timing thing. I assume that when she signed a contract to make that movie, it was intended to be theatrical release. Sure. Yes. And then the pandemic happened and Disney put Black Widow in on Disney Plus and Disney made money off of it, but she didn't. And so she's saying, hey, this isn't. Well, then I, I mean, my contract then, yeah, this, regardless be, of to me, then she would totally have, you know, say, yeah, I was, you know, this is how I was supposed to be paid. And you altered the deal, you know, without notifying yeah, me. I, or... I, right. And without, you know, yeah, you, you did. And, you know, I mean, her contract probably didn't say we're not going to release it on streaming, but they did. And so I don't think like, I don't think she has a, a creative, um, motivation for hey this movie should only be in theaters but yeah because or else like once it once it left theaters you'd never see it again then scarlet who you know that kind of deal yeah well okay so let's move that let's move that over since you said the word creative to david villeneuve i think is his name uh and patty jenkins so those are two two names that are in two separate spots so we got we got scarlet johansson which you guys just just very eloquently said is a kind of very monetary money-based that's why she can sue right because it's money uh and these other two people patty jenkins can say that wonder woman did not was not viewed the way that that she wanted to be viewed like in the movie theater and that she feels that it should be been been experienced and therefore people hate on wonder woman because they watched it on their small tv that's what she's kind of coming saying i disagree with that i think it was just a bad movie i I assume you mean wonder woman 84 and i wonder woman 84 correct I wonder if she saw it because the visual effects. <laughs> you the, mean if she the, watched it? <laughs> if she watched it, I wonder if she watched it because the visual effects were low on the list of its problems. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, like 100%. we talked about that <laughs> right. with our buddy Fox and and you, Michael, and Fox both um, commented on the on the awkwardness of the of the visual effects. I watched that movie on a TV from the kind of back of the room, and I didn't like it, but I didn't notice any of those issues you guys had with the visual effects. I think in a theater, they would have been more noticeable. Like it would have been worse. Right. Right. That's just my opinion. Right. So, so our, our opinions are obviously conflict with her ideas fair, but the, the, the point kind of that I'm making here with this is that she said creatively, her vision should have been experienced in the, in the medium that she, she wanted it to be so that people could get the opinion of her. Remember, she's a, a person who makes money on her name. That's where her money comes. I'll sure, say, like, I, was, I was going to ask if she was suing as well, or if she was just trying to defend a bad movie. She's she's not because okay. I think, I mean, she's spoken out. There's been a lot of people speaking out. Writers are doing it now. Is was the thing that pro- pro- prompted this for me? Writers are coming out and supporting her. Uh, David, v- v- I can't understand Villeneuve, whatever, is the the um, creator of Dune. Okay, that's going to be coming out this fall, mm. and or winter, fall, whatever. And it's a big sweeping epic. Um, seemingly meant to be seen on a massive screen with big sound and, and color. And it's made by uh, uh, Warner Brothers. And they have got this whole, hey, HBO Max for our first year, everything's going to be released day and date mm. with the thing. And he is very upset before it's ever seen that it's going to be viewed that way first. Hmm, um, sure. That, that reviews are going to come out and it's going to be viewed from... Uh, small screens that people are going to come out and bash on Rotten Tomatoes because they don't like they don't think it's an epic big enough. You know, he he doesn't know. He feels confident in his movie, but he just feels this is how I made the movie. I meant to be seen in this huge sprawling screen, and he's not happy at all, and and vocal about it. Does he? Yeah, does I he mean, have a, a right for that. I mean, the director is. We've said this before. Like the director is the closest to the like main artist of a movie if you you know say movies are art um and so they're the person with the most like leg to stand on in that in that statement and um you know we've we've had several conversations over the last year and a half to probably throughout the life of the podcast about the experience of watching a movie right and how um what example did I use? Oh, uh, off air, we were talking about uh, the Terminator movies. Mm-hmm. And I saw Terminator Genesis in the theater. It's the only one I've seen in the theater. And I think if I had tried to watch that at home, I would have probably paused it and maybe never finished it. Or, you know, at some point gotten on my phone and been looking up actors and whatever. Yeah, and just, yeah. Just well, zoned, zoned out through it. And, that, and that's just me without taking into account, like, other distractions uh in the house and all of that, like we don't, you know, to belabor the point of how different uh, um, film watching uh, experiences are. I guess the, um, the main and, problem for that director then for him, um, at least in my opinion, would be it's a double edged sword because you'll hear about these other movies that are stuck in what they call like creative hell forever. Like to go back to like Aliens 3, it had like four directors, 20 rewrites, yada, yada, yada. Mm. If that director for Dune, you know, he could have. He knew signing up, okay, it's going to be with HBO Max. They're going to drop this day one. He could have went and said, if you want me to direct this movie, you need to show it two months, you know. Oh, he, he didn't. That's what I'm saying. He didn't, though. That's that's kind of that's what I'm saying. That's why this if, is a transit. If he was all yeah. that worried about it being epic and seen on the big screen, he should have went to them. 
and said, this is how it works. And of course they could have said, well, there's the door. We'll have somebody else do it. Yeah. I mean, in his defense, he didn't know a global pandemic was going to happen and change the industry, you know, for a while. Yeah. I mean, that's the real, that's the real issue, but it's just, they're different things, right? Like, um, you know, you're going to make, uh, what, like, like the Mandalorian, right. Is made to be watched on TV and it's still, um, it's still kind of big Star Wars, but it's short, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. the longer, they're somewhere in between a, a 20 minute and a 45 minute uh, show. They're, you know, 30, 35 minutes ish. Yeah. And so as the, as a creative, you're making something for a medium, right? You're the yeah. way that you, you know, I mean, if you're good and whatever, and there are bad directors in both film and television, like, or or TV movies, right? Like Hallmark churns out half a dozen Christmas movies every year, and they're <laughs> that's before you know, July. They have this. They <laughs> yeah. have the same. You know, they have the same like generic couple on the cover. They're all red and green. Like it's just a it's just a machine, and those movies are not meant for theaters. They're not meant for your full attention. They're following these tropes so that you can get a little bit of, you know, as we say, warm fuzzies out of them. And it's just a completely different, um, completely different thing. Like, uh, um, what's the example I heard recently? Dunkirk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Christopher Nolan does this, you know, has this, this shtick now of doing weird stuff with time. And to me, there was no reason that Dunkirk had to be made in this weird time scale thing but i watched it at home on tv and so i'd get distracted and i come back and i'm like what's happening who are these these characters they all kind of look the same and if i were in a theater with the movie holding with my full attention that experience would have been completely different and i I think that's what nolan intended when he made that movie i agree and i i I gotta say it works the other way too i mean it it rarely ever works that something is made for tv and they move it to 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 film but if the mandalorian for example people love the mandalorian like bill you love the mandalorian right? oh, yeah. it's a great show grogu's great um but if they had released that like the first five episodes or four episodes or whatever in the theater is one big thing it would have gotten tons of bad reviews it would have been like this is all hodgepodge there's different directors clearly every sure. 20 minutes yeah there is uh, the story is too long it's like going on forever and then it meanders and goes off on other side subplots and it would just get trashed. Right. But the medium that it's made for is for bite-sized kind of watching. Um, so it has success and that's what it's built. And Dave Filoni and um, uh, why do I keep him happy Hogan Favreau uh, John is Favreau. yeah. John Favreau is that's what the, that's how they made a thing. Right. And for some, for a corporation to come through and say, well, we have to do it this way for, we want to do this way for money making reasons. I get, I get how that tarnishes their, not just their baby, but their name, right? Like mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins was the hottest ticket in town when she made Wonder Woman the first one. Now, when you watched Wonder Woman eighty four on your laptop or on your iPhone, eh, <laughs> you know, it's. I think it's a bad movie anyway. But you know, you yeah. know, what I mean, I get where she's coming right. from. Like my paycheck yeah. suffers the same way that Scarlett's paycheck kind of suffers in, in that kind of a way, um, right? Hopefully we won't have this because to build to your point um, in the future, they'll probably, you know, obviously this will be something they put in their contract. Right? Oh yeah. Like, they'll definitely have that worked in. Yeah. Like free guy, for example, free guy was 
not allowed to be on, on that. It was released in the theaters only, you know, um, and it's, I think, uh, Shang-Chi this weekend is also on theater. Uh, I mean, last year, I remember hearing last year that, you know, for a long time we had no movies, right? And all the theaters were closed, so it didn't Mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, movies were pushed and pushed and a lot of movies were looking at Tenet, the, again, Mm -hmm. Christopher Nolan movie. And I haven't seen Tenet. I heard it was a confusing mess. But I can see how, you know, that kind of movie, like, um, I'm trying to think of another example, like the Batman movies, you can sort of watch at home. Um, But maybe a movie like Memento. Memento is a very, um, has a very small scope, right? Just in the nature of the of the story. And so it can work on the small screen, but you really have to be giving it your full attention. Um, and you know, I used the example earlier of Dunkirk that's designed to be on the big screen. So I could definitely see, you know, Christopher Nolan with his, his tenant movie going. Yeah. I don't want to, I mean, first of all, the studios don't want to release a movie when the theaters are at 30% capacity when theater yeah. attendance has been declining in the last decade anyway. Um, and then a director like Christopher Nolan doesn't want his big epic, you know, visual spectacle movie to go to streaming where people are going to watch it on phones and iPads and with babies crying in the room or whatever, you know, pausing it every five minutes for somebody to answer the phone. Uh, yeah. Right. Kind sure. of environment and then giving it bad reviews. So, yeah. yeah. Makes Unfortunately for him, he me. did get it released in his medium, and people still didn't like it, right? So, yeah, yeah, that's a little, a little similar to the the Wonder Woman eighty four thing. Yeah, but. I agree. Yeah, um, in the end, end of the day, I, you can have your opinion on all this, but this is this still goes back to the uh, a bunch of rich people complaining over their millions. Right? <laughs> I mean, in, in in the end of the day, Scarlett's getting tons of money. Yes, there, there's nothing wrong with her wanting to make more money because that's what her right and her her work is done. And there's no, there's no uh, harm in understanding that David Villeneuve wants uh, to make money on the future with Dune, but they're going to make millions. The studios, yes, they a lot of, lost a lot of money last year, but they're going to make a ton more, and they made a ton in the past. And I'm not saying just a Dis- little ton; they make a Disney will ton. be fine. Disney will be fine. Right. Yeah. And I think so too. Uh, if the actors were smart or were smarter, I'm sure they are. I'm not saying they're not, but work the streaming thing into their contract, which I'm sure there is a part, but again, I mean, I was not a fan of black widow. So, you know, had she, you know, grand knew that or thought ahead, like, Hey, that's fine. Put on Disney plus, but I want a little piece of that action. So unless there's some metric of measurement, like, Hey, every time somebody just turns on black widow, you get, you know, X number of pennies. Yeah. I I guarantee you that, that there, those contracts being drawn up today are, Definitely including but, that kind of a stuff. Uh, at the same time, yeah, I do have you know friends 100%. that are showing me their checks from Spotify and like, yeah, my song was played a hundred thousand times. I got a dollar thirty-five. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm sure it's different on the Disney front. But you know, it's just yeah, it's it's just it's just to you know, it's, it's rich people making yeah. rich stuff. It's but Scarlett Scarlet will I, get paid whether I'm paying attention to home yeah. or not. Versus you know that movie was out fairly quickly out of the theaters. It lasted maybe a month. Yeah, it, it, it falls. Well, that's 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 part of the whole conversation. Dennis and I have talked about it ad nauseum for the last several months about, you know, 
I, I really love Dennis's. He said it like two or three times now, this, this idea in the last through six months, Dennis, you've said like, you know, I, I will watch a show and I'll get distracted or I'll get this thing or I'll get somebody walk through to get a drink. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that whole idea that you said, Bill, Oh, it was only there for a month and it was gone. Like that's what people are trying to say. People are trying to say that like the reason it was only there for like a month or so is because you watched it at home. Like it wasn't a big deal. You didn't have an experience sitting in your mm-hmm. home while your kids, you know, complain that they can't get on the, the, the video game thing and your wife's having a bad day and just wants to talk to you. And you're just trying to watch black widow makes it not an experience. Right? Yeah, that should have no bearing um, on the theater if I'm watching it at home. A theater is based on somebody that goes there for the experience and then goes to see it again. Exactly. Right. And if you watch a, a movie uh, in the theater, you have an experience. You're almost forced to have an experience, bad or good, right? Because you can definitely have bad experiences. There can be that idiot yet talking or the little baby crying or whatever, right? You can definitely have bad experiences. Um, but... It's the experience that you're going for. And that's that's why this topic kind of comes up more is, is that, you know, um, a movie is not the same. It's the experience that you're that you're going for as opposed to, you know, a storytelling medium or whatever. There's a lot of movies that make a lot of movie, a lot of money just on the experience, not on the story. Sure. Transformers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's both. Right. Like sometimes you're only getting the the story the right way if I mean, the simplest way I can always say it is if it has your full attention, right? You're, you know, a movie is, is happening in real time. It's like a song that goes on for two, two and a half hours. Um, you're, you know, a well-made movie has a, has a cadence and a, you know, almost rhythm to the timing and the pacing. We talked about that when we watched, um, Spirited Away, uh, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there are these breaks, in that movie where, you know, some crazy thing just happened and now we're going to, we're going to relax and breathe for a minute before stuff starts happening again. Um, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if like, you just don't, you, you can replicate that experience at home, but you have to make a real conscious effort to do it. And the, and the, um, sort of value proposition of the commitment is so much lower. Like if I'm in a theater a movie has to be really bad for me to walk out. If I'm watching a movie on my iPad in bed with headphones, I'm fully immersed in it. Nobody's going to interrupt me, but I might get tired and turn it off. And and that's it. Like I didn't, you know, there was no real cost to me starting the movie. So there's also no cost to me stopping it. Um, Yeah. Or, you know, pulling out my phone and, and starting to do something else. Like it's, uh, it's just a different. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Bill, you've been pretty vocal about how much you did not like, like fast and the furious nine <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you're, you're, you're somebody I know of that, that enjoyed the fast and the furious franchise. Generally. You keep generally. saying that. And I'm not. <laughs> I, I always, at least that's my, that's you're, you're one of the few people I know that like knows the people. Um, do you think though, that, that you don't, uh, be honest, you don't think that maybe you would have experienced it differently if you watched that those big explosions and race cars and sound and everything in the theater? Nope, absolutely not. Is that, it was that bad? Is that what it was? It was I that bad. See, so. and, and it had there been that many cars, you know, it might have been, you know, oh, hey, there's cars in this Fast and Furious movie. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, there's parts of it, but it's it's just hokey. It's, I mean, have I watched them all? Yes. Have they jumped the shark <laughs> since 
the first movie a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's I, I, I've watched, I've watched all, but, but nine. Um, is, is nine the one where they go to space? Spoilers. Yeah. Yes. Oh, spoilers. Oh. I didn't even know they go to space, Dennis. Jeez. I, and I'm going to watch it. And... I was, I was asking that as a joke. So I, <laughs> I inadvertently spoiled it by guessing the ridiculous shark jumping uh, that, that's they hilarious that you actually that did that the theater. I mean, but there's there's even a part that the movie's so bad they even poke fun at it you know oh, God. sure sure like okay well, okay so some sometimes yeah. when that happens it can it can circle back around to be you know now it's parody or satire and it's uh and it's kind of funny i think the <laughs> the theater or the just say viewing experience because that's the whole question, right? Is it theater? Is it yeah. home? Is it streaming? Is yeah. it? And the Scarlett Johansson thing is a different conversation. That's about like, what did you agree to in the contract? And what was the reality yeah. when it came down in the middle of, of COVID times? But yeah. the, the viewing experience is just one piece of the puzzle, right? Like, um, I don't know that we've said examples of movies that were uh, sort of panned by audiences and critics because... Uh, you know, they watch them at home instead of instead of in the theater. I'm sure that there are some, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Black Widow might have been one of those, but that was also kind of a smaller scope um, movie. Also, maybe the Suicide Squad, though. I've not really I've not really heard about that. I'm just trying to think of movies that I've seen in streaming in the last year that were good, but might have been better. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84. Um, <laughs> if I had seen them in the theater. But it's not it's not one or the other, right? Like seeing it in the theater would not have made Wonder Woman eighty four good. Yeah, it's yeah. just maybe one factor on the list. Of, yeah, um, you know. It, I, yeah, I think that's a good example of eighty four to throw that in the mix because you know it, artists can sometimes complain about their their work and, and point to to cite other things. By the way, we're, we're putting this on Patty Jenkins' feet when it's it's team effort for movies. We we know that. Um, sure, but. Uh, the, you know, she, I don't know. It's uh, that that was a, a bad one anyway. No matter what experience, I think it would have been that one. Right. And yeah. I would say the same for Tenant. Tenant was the, the proof of that anyway. Uh, yeah, we won't have these problems going forward. Hopefully, because of the the streaming stuff. I think it was a big mistake for for Warner Brothers to make the uh, the the comment or the dedication to uh, say all of our movies for the next year are going to be released out there. They they put themselves in a really bad hole. And bet big time on HBO Max to put all their eggs in that basket, mm-hmm. um, mm. and it's you know it's it's causing them all sorts of problems. It's causing them not good contract negotiations with any of their actors or uh, directors or writers. They're having all sorts of you know anger contract negotiations now. Somebody somebody on the board at HBO is desperately trying to get back to their glory days of like seasons one through five of game of thrones yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah where where people everybody was subscribed to hbo and they were making a ton of money and they've not made anything even a fraction as compelling ever since oh 100%. i mean, well, they, I, mean I, I totally canceled hbo once game i literally had hbo for game of thrones yeah, right. I mean, we we watched yeah. other things and and they, you know, they lost a lot of goodwill with the ending of that series, but even the other things we watched like Silicon Valley was good. Sure. Yeah. I know Veep, some, Veep is good. Some people watched Veep and that was and that was okay, but that's not you know, it's not to the same scale. It's not Band of Brothers, right? Like that's way back in HBO uh oh, yeah. history, but um and then 
well, we were talking about Ridley Scott earlier. Uh, Raised by Wolves was an HBO uh, thing, and it was just Ridley Scott mess. Um, and so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, HBO is going, Hey, if we can get these Warner Brothers movies, people will stay subscribed to HBO Go or Plus or Now or whatever, whatever they're calling it these days. Yeah, the, the yeah. add on to Prime Video is what it mostly is, I bet. But yeah, the, the, the real, the real there is that just like you just mentioned is that, uh, HBO, at least when I grew up, was like a, it's home box office, right? Where you could watch. Yeah, yeah. Watch movies at home. Movies, right? But but where they got success, a lot of their success, though, was from original, original content. programming, yeah. Yeah, right? And um, so now that they're tr- they're trying to go back to the well with their sister company of Warner Brothers and say, you know, give us the, the movies. People will come for the movies when actually their biggest moments throughout history have been with, you know, with their original content. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but there was a time, there was a time way back when they didn't have that much original content. I mean, yeah, yeah. HBO was one of those things like, oh, what's on Tuesday afternoon? Like, oh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is on 45 times. You know, then <laughs> you'd also have Cinemax like, okay, it's, you know, what whatever, Tomb Raider's on 54 times this month. You're like, show me yeah. something else. And, that, and I think then they started looking at, creative content because people are like why am i paying for this it's just the same movies over and over yeah, yeah it's right. like a you know it's from a time and they when, weren't cheap either and, i remember like oh in 1980 whatever like that's a 45 dollar adder just for hbo to your cable bill you know mm, yeah right yeah it's i and i i imagine i mean i don't remember this and i don't know if either of you guys do either but it's like from a time before there were video stores everywhere or before everybody had a VCR, which yep. I, I don't, th- I don't think we have any uh, Gen Z listeners, but a VCR played tapes. It was like an early DVD player, which was an early Blu-ray player. Uh, <laughs> which is an early, yeah. Right. And so just, just the idea of being able to switch, you know, flip channels and have a movie on, right? Like that was a thing. And now like, there's almost no novelty or value to that anymore and hasn't been for a couple decades. And so HBO is just trying to, you know, pivot into, into something else. And, and this is, yeah, yeah, like you said, they're, they're sort of going back, but yeah, the, the value proposition of a movie really changes when it's, um, when it's direct to streaming, it's almost like, you know, Hallmark stuff made for TV. People's expectations are just so different yeah. um, in that in that uh, viewing environment. Well, you know, I I'd like to comment, Bill, that they 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 didn't always make uh, original content. Uh, although I'd like to posit that Fraggle Rock was pretty great. Um, oh, that, yeah, the... that's incredible. <laughs> HBO. I think that I only HBO. saw that on reruns. Yeah, that was HBO. Uh, they, they, I don't know. I think I agree with that. And that's been their stuff as movies really, but you know, they have a lot of the, a lot of big shows throughout the, the years. We talked game of Thrones, we mentioned, but there's Deadwood was there. Kirby enthusiasm, mm-hmm. Sopranos, the wire, Larry Sanders show, you know, the leftovers. There's just, there's been a lot. True. Of, true. You know, I mean, there has been original content, but it's, it hasn't been flooded with it. Cause like out of all those you named only Larry Sanders was like, pre-2000 i think the sopranos you know like larry sanders what was the other one? Oh, what was her it was an english lady she was like pre-larry sanders show 
but there there's always some content oh, was it like ab fab that 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 thing that we're talking about i can't i'll i'll know the second we get off here you know they'll click in my mind but you know there's always like the one hour show or the the show once a once a week but i think sopranos to me that i can remember mark the first like oh i have to watch this oh it's on hbo and i had a friend that yeah. we'd have viewing parties at his house because again like hbo wasn't cheap at the time it's like hey it's sunday yeah. night yeah. you know let's go to eric's house and watch sopranos you know we'd yeah. you know we, we have still... people sitting around okay it's 10 o'clock everybody be quiet because we're gonna watch it's sopranos. it's still for what it is 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 one of the most expensive streaming services right like you say oh it's all premium content and a lot of it is you know like you know older shows like band of brothers and and sopranos and deadwood and game of thrones very high production value compared to some of the stuff on netflix but it's almost twice the cost of netflix or disney plus or cbs all access and it's it's kind of you know for for quantity of content it's similar to CBS All Access, right? It's like, it's just our yeah. stuff. And yes, maybe their stuff is all more expensive than anybody else's stuff. Whether it's better or not is a different question. Um, but it's, it's Cert- still expensive. It's certainly more expensive than Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. It, was the, uh, yeah. it was the Tracy Ullman show, if I remember now. That was a, that's a poll. That's a way back poll, Bill. And I, I did that without Googling. <laughs> qualifier you have to say these days right like i don't i didn't even use google for that I yeah my mind my mind power <laughs> that's, that's what, what else we got here today guys uh i i, I know this is not something you watched uh bill so I, pardon us for our, sure. our quick momentary side sh- uh talk here um dennis you had me catch up with ted lasso and mm-hmm. i know we were gonna maybe say this for next week but I, I don't know if i can hold off for a week um <laughs> do you think that this last episode we're going to spill talk spoilers of Ted Lasso for 5 minutes guys. So skip yeah. ahead if if you don't hear this one. Um so this one got the most positive um extrovert um happy person ever on TV uh to finally kind of show that even him is a real person who has uh, demons and are and can be scared and have anxiety. Uh, is this the is this season two? Is that the whole thing? What the season's going to be all about? Is is him dealing with that? I, I don't I don't know about that. Um, but it's it was just funny after all of our various conversations we talked about it on the air, and then um, had a couple of of conversations in Discord. Kind of where are they going? What are they? And it's kind of funny because I tried to watch this show with my parents, with my family, and I forget because. Um, Jason Sudeikis' uh, Ted Lasso character is like like a middle-aged Anne of Green Gables or Pollyanna. Um, he's an excellent coach because he sees people and helps them and cares about them and is just unflappable in his positivity. But yeah, right. he's in England where there is a lot of – there's a lot of crude language – not a ton, not like Deadwood levels, but there's there's a lot of profanity and there are a lot of like innuendos and and, you know, sexual uh, uh, writing in the dialogue. Um, and so I forget that. So I tried to watch it with my parents. And it's like the first episode, um, the boss, the team owner, Rebecca, is describing what she 
wishes would happen to her ex-husband in a very graphic way and you know i was like turn this off i don't want to watch this and <laughs> you know now like six months whatever later um some of their friends recommended it to them and they started it on their own without my youngest sister which i think might have been uh a different even though she's like 21 but you know it's still their baby um right and so they're watching it on their own and i watched a couple episodes with them last night and we watched the like episode five or six when ted's wife and son come to london or come to england yeah if you remember that yeah yeah that episode that's that's a um deep one and and so i connected like he does the he does the hand thing it's just in like one or two scenes in that episode in season one but his like his hand he does it a lot in this most recent episode of season two Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh that's a that's a callback to this. And I don't know what's going to happen because it's kind of um, left on a little bit of a cliffhanger, but I'm like, there's that there's the question. Our buddy Justin has been asking about um, Rebecca and her. She's texting somebody on the dating app. Um, There's the story with the um, Nigerians. I think it's Nigeria. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they're, they're sort of protesting the, the company, the endorsement company on their uniforms um, and that stuff, it's sort of a subtle reference to um, the flag uh, uh, kneeling national anthem stuff in American football. Oh, yeah, but right, very, yeah. mm-hmm. like, I draw that conclusion because I'm an American, and I don't know if that's intentional. But, um, like, all of those things that were like, they did a little bit of this, but they don't seem to be going anywhere with it. And then in this episode, like, a lot of that stuff is called back again. And it's not resolved, but it's like, oh, yeah. We haven't forgotten, like, we put these here, and yes, we're going to do something with them, but you're going to have to wait till next week uh, uh, to find out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the to be continued was the big part of this one. Um, I I am a little disappointed that they, and I know everybody who doesn't, they they don't like the normal stuff, but I, I was really hoping that it was Ted that was, like, talking to her. Instead, instead of one of her oh. footballers mm. to Rebecca, you know, so that, that was a little disappointment to me. Not that I don't absolutely love that, that actor, you know, um, Sam, is that his name? I think that's what they call him. Mm-hmm. His character's uh, name is Sam. Yeah. Yeah. His character's name is Sam. Uh, oh, Tohiba, his name. Yeah. I, I like, I like the character and stuff, but like, and he's cool, but I mean, I just kind of, you know, it's, it's such a good show. I kind of want these two great people, you know, to be, I think, be happy together. I don't know. I'm, I was shipping I'm that, not, I guess, but yeah. And the, you know, they're, they're also doing the, the initial tension set up with the therapist, right. Is coming into play where Ted is in her office at the end. Yeah. Um, and so I am 90% sure, 90% certain that Ted's whatever has caused him to, you know, make an appointment with the therapist. Um, is going to be about his wife. Is yeah, I'm is sure. I'm sure. Because he got that. He got. He got that call from ex-wife. his ki- about his kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it, it it's good. I thought this. I guess what I wanted to talk about here was that it was good. Uh, it was a good episode. It was a good TED episode. Um, and I, and I know we kind of critique these things week by week as we watch them and and talk about them that way. And I don't necessarily say critique an entire season as a whole is fair to do it that way. When you're talking about season long arcs that you can't sure. see until they're over. Um, 
uh, obviously we knew that the therapist was going to set it up, but I, I now I, I kind of think that she won't be a main character. She will be a main support, right? Not yeah. in the same way that Nate yeah. is a, a main character, but she's going to be right. someone that helps the audience and everybody through this in a, in a good way. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So I was hoping for Rebecca and, and Ted to, to find love, but it's going to be, it's going to be <laughs> Sam and Sam and Rebecca. And that's, that's fine. Um, Maybe. I mean, I'm sure this, this Dubai air thing is going to be a major part of this, this drama. Right. right. So, okay, cool. Anyway, t- watch, watch Ted. It's great. It's, it's a happy, feel good it's, thing. Hey, hey, Bill, what other Ted, Ted Lasso? Ted is a, is a Ted. movie with, with yeah, right. Uh, Ted Lasso. Ted's a movie, um, a teddy bear, right? Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- different movie. Uh, what um, what other things has Jason Sudeikis been in that I can't? I, he's been a lot of things, but he was never this character. Like he was never this kind of person, right? He was in no. Horrible Bosses, maybe. Horrible um, Bosses. Wasn't he in? He's been in a couple movies with Jennifer Aniston. Um, he's a he's a Saturday Night Live uh, guy. Right. I, Wasn't he one of the guys beating on Grogu in? Uh, I. Th- uh, hmm, maybe hmm, I don't know. Remember, well, I thought he was one of the uh, speeder troops. You just you just can't come in here and throw a bombshell out like that, Bill. What are you? <laughs> Ted's beating I, on. I Grogu. think you're right, but I don't remember for sure. Speaking of that little thing, did you know that Rebecca was is the uh, shame shame lady in Game of Thrones? I had I had heard that and wasn't sure if that was uh, yeah if, crazy. If right? I heard like, that right, yeah, geez, just in that one scene in. Uh, in yeah. Game of Thrones. Shame, shame, yeah. Holds the bell mm-hmm. and rings it as she goes. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, anyway, well, gosh. All right, I think I think we did it, man. I think we we got all we got ringing out of it. Uh, thanks for coming in with uh, tonight, Bill, and checking in with us. The, oh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Good time. Yeah. yeah. Ne- next time, what, what what other what other movie have we watched? Have, have we not watched of yours that's been in your, your thing? We want to... We're going to watch the next He-Man movie when it comes out, right? What, what's another show that you watch? You watch Star Wars. You love that one. Aliens. What's other in your in your, in your your genre bucket that you like so much? Excalibur, maybe? Get that oh, that'd be, that'd be a good one. I mean, I'd hate to go back and look at some of the ones you guys just kind of glossed over that were really fine works of art. And I was like, why are you talking about this movie for five minutes? And the episode was named after it. It was kind of upsetting. But, you know, greater tragedies <laughs> in life. That's right. Case in point, snatch. sometimes if it's snatch, right? Yeah, yeah. We haven't we haven't watched snatch yet. I don't think it's on our list. No, you watched. Did, it. did we not watch that? I thought we did. Yeah, yeah. I, we I, I, I want to say uh, it was uh, your episode was entitled "The Front Porch Point Five O, if I recall. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, true. Know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. if it's if it's something we both like, there's just not much to say. We're like, this is awesome. I loved it. It's, that's, it, that's true. That's very true. It's, sometimes it's hard the to lo- talk about controversy on things that are great. Yeah, the longer the longer con- conversations are, is when there's controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and, and Snatch is one of those lock, stock, and Snatch is ones that like there's nothing we can ever say that's wrong about this or talk about it because you know, especially in a movie like Snatch. Not that I want to go into it real quick, but it's a movie like Snatch, it's one of those ones that you can't talk about. You just got to watch. Yeah, true. Right. I, I mean. If I if I try to tell you any of those jokes, it's gonna make the movie worse. Like my joke are gonna make it worse. My yeah, butcher, make butchering worse. the joke or like quoting the lines, which we can't do because then the podcast will get the e. And so, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah, you can't get that that kind of stuff. And and then there's the the cinematography of uh, um, Madonna's husband, right? That you you have that you can't explain. 
right? The oh, the, the so, quick cuts and the hopping back and forth between characters and Guy Ritchie, yeah, Guy Ritchie, yeah, yeah. You you, you can't. Uh, so that was my example of something like specifically like Snatch is one of those movies that you just can't talk about. You're, I like, mean, I'm, may, people do. Yeah, but... Maybe maybe you could do a YouTube video, but in audio, in an audio only format, it's it's kind of. Yeah, the the only thing I got to say about Snatch still, whatever I said before, is watch the darn movie. You know? hmm. Unless you unless you don't like uh, foul language, then don't watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, right, you know? right, right, right. I, I did watch a, a, an interview with um, Big Chris. What's his name, Bill? The the actor. Oh, the uh, football player. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That's I didn't realize he was a football player. Professional back in the day. Yeah, he got expelled, suspended, maybe just retired. Yeah, yeah, and and he's always been heavy, and then he he said like his biggest thing was the juggernaut. Was he he, he believes really? Yeah, he, I I would not think that, but no, no. He thought he got the biggest. Uh, he believes he got the biggest audience from from that. Line. Wow, Vinny Jones. Yeah, Vinny Jones. That's right, yeah. Vinny Jones. That's it. Okay, yeah. Th- thanks, Bill, for coming on in. I think I think we got this, and uh, we'll, ha- we'll, we'll happy to have you on another time and talk about. It. Our next uh, adventures in the sci-fi world. We'll have you yeah. on for our next um, Star Trek movie. How's that? <laughs> I'm <better> watching. <laughs> All right. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode 210. Thanks always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you want to reach out to us and uh, let us know if we've watched the same movie twice or we're planning to, um, that'd be that'd be helpful. Uh, you can reach us via email. That address is frontporchpod, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, and if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can use the contact forms there to reach us as well. If you enjoy the Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, that always helps. As always, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. I'm Michael. And I'm Bill. I'll remind you to take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Night, everybody. See you next time. Peace.